0: This is Rob Templeton for Boxing Social in association with Betfred. Delighted to be joined. We're here in Las Vegas. It's Tyson Fury fight week. I'm here with the Gypsy King himself, Lineal Heavyweight Champion of the World, Tyson Fury. How you doing, Tyson?
1: El Rey Hitanos.
0: Heard that Mex- a lot.
1: It's new, my new Mexican name. What does it mean? The Gypsy King.
0: Let's go straight into it. Mexican Independence Day. You're back, your second fight in three months. What does it mean to fight on Mexican Independence Day? A day that's been shared in the past by the likes of Floyd Mayweather, more recently, Canelo Alvarez. What does it mean to you?
1: It's an absolutely fantastic experience. Um, I'm honored to be fighting for the WBC Mayan belt um, on such a prestigious weekend. And I'm honored to entertain the Mexican people on this special, uh, special weekend for them. And I'm going the extra mile, Mexican gloves, Mexican shorts, Mexican flag, really showing love and respect to the Mexican people.
0: You even brought your own. Um, I don't know what you would call Tim today. Who was Mexican with his Mexican flag. He was, he was a Mexican was... mascot. <laughs> How did it feel having so many people turn out today at the, at the workout?
1: It was absolutely fantastic. But you know what made it extra special was there were so many of my home country people there. On a Tuesday afternoon in Las Vegas, people have made the effort to fly over for this and, and have a week. And, and I know it's just going to get busier and busier.
0: I mentioned at the start of the interview, it's the second fight in three months for you. You've had your your well-publicised spells away from the ring. Even your last fight against Tom Schwartz, that was six months out of the ring. How good and how beneficial is it for you at this point to be boxing so regularly? It's
1: very, very important because that's what I always wanted to do in my life, Rob. I wanted to keep active and keep boxing. Um, They're keeping me very busy, top rank here. Um, And I'm very, very, very uh, grateful to be out. Just two months after i just had a fight with tom schwartz and i brought this fight forward four weeks so i could box on this weekend because there was no going to be no major fighter on this weekend because canelo pulled out and they would have been left without a main event so i I stepped in because i was supposed to fight in new york in october sometime so it's a it's a really good good time for me to be here and and to top the bill again in las vegas for a second time in as many fights Uh, it's a real honor
0: I'm guessing that's not something that you'd have been able to do earlier on in your career? You, by your own admission, ballooned up in weight and probably didn't live the life outside exactly, the ring?
1: Exactly, you know. The, the old Tyson Fury would have got that phone call um, and still had three or four stone to lose. So I wouldn't have been able to do it. But with this new lease of life and the new person, the new me, I, I'm always in shape now. I'm always ready to run 10 miles or, or fight for 15
0: Specific to yourself as a fighter, how important is it for you to be active? Are you one of those fighters who needs regular regular contact?
1: If I don't know what I'm doing, I'm more likely to go AWOL rather than I've got a scheduled plan or routine. Um, it's very important to me to know what I'm doing at all times. Even if I go in the gym sometimes and, and they don't tell me what I'm doing, I'll be in a bad mood because I don't know what I'm doing. I need to know.
0: I just want to talk about a few different things today. I mean, this week you're. Pretty much the same as all of your other fight weeks. You're going to be inundated with questions about Deontay Wilder, Anthony Joshua, Eddie Hearn, etc. I want to ask a few different questions.
1: Good, good, good uh, stuff, Rob.
0: Thank you me? very much. Thank you very much. You worked with Emmanuel Stewart, um, somebody who trained some great heavyweights throughout the years—Lennox yeah. Lewis, Vladimir Klitschko, to name but a couple. What was that experience like for you?
1: Phenomenal. The late great Emmanuel Stewart was an amazing trainer, and he wasn't just a boxing trainer; he was a boxing teacher. He was a real teacher of sweet science and it's something that we don't see a lot of today. He could really sit down and talk to you and explain why you're doing something, not just hit the pads, bam, 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 two million press-ups and a million backgrounds. He was more talking, working on balance, working on effective movements. He was a real I only spent three weeks of him in Detroit and another couple of weeks of him in Austria. And then he was so busy and he had so much commitment, we couldn't work together because I had a wife and kids at home. I couldn't travel around the world like a, like a schoolboy. I had to be a man and, and um, step up to the plate and responsibilities and bills to pay. So I had to fight in England and train in England.
0: How did that come to pass? How did Tyson Fury find himself in Detroit working with Emmanuel Stewart?
1: I jumped on a plane from Manchester Airport. It was that long ago. There was no iPhones and stuff, so I went to a travel agent and booked a ticket there and I jumped on a plane and I went to Detroit. Got there and I jumped in a taxi said, can you take me to the Cronk Gym, please? Took me to a gym, it was no longer the Cronk Gym. Didn't have a number, didn't have a, an address, nothing. So he found out where it was, took me to this new gym, and I went in and I said, is Emmanuel Stewart here? And he said, who are you? I said, I'm Tyson Fury, I'm the next heavyweight champion of the world. Everybody looked at me. I was the only person in that gym. I was the only white guy in the gym. So they looked at me like I was like, this is easy. Me. Everybody wanted to kill me, so they took me to Emmanuel. He took me to his house, put me in the bedroom next door to him, um, and we worked every day together for the next three weeks. We had times together of singing and dancing and going to the to uh, shops and stuff, restaurants, and then we had times in the gym. And it was a very educational time. I even got Emmanuel to the local church a couple of times while I was there which was very good for me as well.
0: The reason I asked that, I spoke to Andy Lee, uh, funnily enough, in Wilder Fury Fight Week in LA, and we were speaking about his time, and obviously he spent a number of years with Emanuel Stewart. He said to me that a day doesn't go by where he doesn't do something that Emanuel Stewart taught him, whether it is the way he does his washing, the way he throws a jab. Is there anything that stuck with you specifically from your time with Emanuel Stewart, even though it was a, a short
1: time? Well, I didn't spend that much time with him for him to rub off on me like that, but the one thing I do remember Emmanuel Stewart always said was, I have confidence second to none. He said, my confidence is along with the types of Muhammad Ali, Oscar De la Hoya, Prince Nassim Ahmed, um, on a high, high level, and someone who believes in himself as much as I do, even at that time, youngster, I'll never, ever forget to be confident in my own ability, so I'll remember that forever.
0: There's of course that famous clip where he says that yourself, and he also mentions Deontay Wilder as the two kind of big men who will go on after Vladimir Klitschko. How does that make? Yeah, how does that make you feel now, looking back? Does it bring a smile to you? Think
1: it was a great prophecy, and it was a prophecy that came true on both of our behalfs. We both became world champions of a new era. But what what knowledge of a, of an old fella to see two young boxers with so many flaws and so much inexperience, and say they're the leading two? become world champions and at the time there must have been 20 promising heavyweight stars all over europe and the world we were the only two that made it to the top
0: i mentioned andy lee Um, another thing that he said in that interview andy lee is obviously also from a traveler background he said that fighting is something that is ingrained in him or was ingrained in him from a very young age i asked you this question the last time i was in vegas and you told me about your first amateur fight but i would like to know your first experience of fighting in general if you can remember it
1: It was probably with this fella here, Shane. We grew up fighting each other all the time. Um, And that was it. I got a lot of cousins and relatives in the old box. So we always used to spar and fight each other as kids. It was what we did. We played a lot of football, a lot of uh, games. And we were doing a lot of fighting as well. And um, it was something that come normal to us and natural. It wasn't something that we were afraid to do. And to get in the ring and have a spar with somebody or go and have a boxing match. It was something we loved to do bare knuckle fights not me not you Why not? No, nothing it's something I wasn't really interested in at all and when you're 6 foot 9 to fight somebody on the street and you're a world heavyweight champion you're either going to get one or two things 20 year in prison for murder or you're going to severely uh, hurt somebody
0: but not when you were younger because I spoke to Billy Joe about this um, spoke to Tom Little about this and they obviously had their experiences when they were younger yeah, anything when you were I,
1: younger our growing up was very different because they grew up around around other travellers and on sites and stuff, where I grew up in, in, in a in an area where there was no other travellers around. We were all on our own. We only had each other, and that was it. So unless you're going to uh, bare knuckle fight with your brother, <laughs> then um, yeah, there was none of that.
0: Speaking of that, the last thing you well, last time I was here. It?
1: It. it was a very sheltered um, growing up because we only were around each other, around our family. And the thing was, was we always trained. None of us drunk or smoked or done drugs or anything. So it was a very clean, good bringing up. When I think about it, beautiful. Because when you're around peer pressure and you've got other influence from outside world, then it, it, it you may be inclined to do the stuff that they do. But the only thing we ever did was draw boxing kits and spar and watch boxing videos and go to the car boot sale, try and find some more boxing tapes. Who did you watch? That was it. We watched over all of them. We used to go every weekend and go and try and fire boxing videos. Black and white tapes to all the greats, all of them, going back hundreds of years. Even the old fights with John L. Sullivan and Jem Mace and everybody. Anything that was recorded on tape, we probably watched somewhere along the line. Ray Robinson, Joe Lewis, going back days. Marciano, um, all of them. Dempsey.
0: Even then were you kind of
1: taking little bits and pieces from each one of them? actually a favourite of mine.
0: Joe Walcott, Jersey Joe Walcott is somebody I always think of when I think of you? It's Jersey, Jersey Joe was,
1: Jersey was, a, was, a, was, a, he was a very skilled boxer mm. and later on in his career when he was really old he fought Marciano and he put Marciano down a few times and Marciano stopped him in round 14. Knocked him through the ropes actually. One of my favourites is Gene Tunney. The Fighting Marine. The fighting marine. Um, only ever lost one fight. And then redeemed himself. And beat so many greats. And retired on top. Lost
0: to Harry Greb,
1: right? Harry Greb. He fought Harry Greb five times. Hmm. Drawed a few times. Won one. Lost one.
0: In Pittsburgh windmill. Is that is it then? I I'm not
1: sure. I'm going to be lying if I try and guess. <laughs> Harry Greb was an awesome fighter though. Awesome.
0: Only had one eye towards the end of his career. Didn't he? Harry Greb. Sorry, I've, in aid of our last interview that didn't go very well, by your own admission off camera I've actually written down some questions, which is something that I don't do very often so let me see what I've got down here. Okay, you're named after Mike Tyson.
1: Yeah.
0: You're from a long line of fighting men. Did that ever put any pressure on you when you were younger? Was there ever a time where you, you wanted to do something other than box?
1: No, I don't suppose there was. I wanted to be a singer for a long time, thought I was a good singer. As you probably uh, have uh, noticed over the years. Well, that wasn't something I was serious about. I was only ever serious about boxing. Nothing else. I don't really remember, Shane, can you remember anything I was ever serious about other than boxing? Nope.
0: And did that come from, as I said, your dad fought professionally, your yeah, uncles?
1: I was brought up around it, and I, I don't know why I wanted to do it so much, you know. Shane boxed, Yui boxed, most of my cousins boxed, dad boxed, everybody boxed, uncles. Um, so it was sort of a family thing to go into. Well, none of them ever done anything like I've done. I was the first person to take it to the next level. Really, the first person to real to show real dedication. I've got um, o- Jose Burton. He was British light heavyweight champion. He took it to a good good uh, level. And Andy Lee's my uh, cousin as well. He's uh, my third cousin actually. He won a world title. Um, yeah. So. The new generation, the younger ones, about my age, have all gone to an elevated level, more more so than before ever ever before.
0: How does that make you feel, having that kind of accolades and, and really spearheading that? You just mentioned the fact that your father, though he boxed professionally, didn't achieve or didn't come close to achieving what you've achieved. Does that give, fill you with pride?
1: Pride is something that it doesn't fill me with. I don't look at what I've done in my life and think, oh, I'm very proud of that. I just when you're the person who's doing it or done it, it's never really much exciting. But if you was looking from the outside on someone who was doing it, you'd think, oh my God, that's amazing. Just like the guy who goes and buys a new Ferrari, and you think, wow, that's amazing. But if you ever are lucky enough or blessed enough to buy one yourself, then you realise it wasn't all that great. Not just Ferrari, any any car or any anything.
0: i have mentioned your dad having boxed professionally. I know he was a big influence on your your career growing up and your career as a fighter now how difficult is it to not have him around for the last few camps, this is the third fight in a row that you've boxed in America, how has that been for you?
1: You know I never had my dad around for most of my professional career, because he was in jail 2009 I think he went to jail and he didn't come out until the Chisora fight so yeah so it was, uh, I'm quite used to it to be fair but I'm gonna try and get him in for the wilder fight. I'm tr- we've trying everything in my power, and Bob Aram's power and top rank's power to bring him into America, but you know, the laws are strict. So it's um it's proven to be a hard work.
0: The reason I ask that's because we've caught up with him a couple of times, particularly after your fights, and he is very, very proud of you and what you've achieved. Um As he should be. As any father should be. Which is kind of where I'm, I, I mean about do you not regret because obviously it's not your fault or but would it be better for you to to have had him over here in the last couple of times when camp does get hard
1: camp doesn't get hard camp's the same thing day in day out camp's something that i enjoy and i love doing but listen it'd be better if my dad could come over here and it's it, sometimes it's better but you know what will be will be we're not going to cry about it. it is what it is we can't do anything about it and we're trying our best so yeah moving on moving on
0: You won the World Heavyweight title, you beat Vladimir Klitschko, Um, by all intents and purposes you beat Deontay Wilder, didn't get the decision. What's left for you to achieve in boxing?
1: Nothing. If I told you what I'd won, and what what things I'd won in my career, then you'd understand there's nothing left. I won two English titles an Irish title two British titles two Commonwealth titles WBO International WBO Intercontinental WBO Super IBO World title IBF World title WBA Super World title should have won a WBC title um, Ring Magazine Fighter of the Year Ring Magazine Comeback of the Year Ring Magazine Round of the Year Ring Magazine Upset of the Year and now I'm going to win the WBC Maya belt as well European um, I won the European belt too I said all that, yeah. So I've won basically every belt along the way and every prestigious award. Ring magazine number one fighter today in the heavyweight division. I don't think there's much more I can achieve. Nothing. So why box? I box because I love the sport. And I box because there isn't nothing else for me to do at this young age. And I have no real interest in anything else. I don't need the money. I don't need the money. I don't need to be in training camp for 10 weeks, grinding up and down, running down the road, doing things I was doing 20 years ago. But it it brings me happiness, and I do want happiness in my life, and and the fight game brings me happiness, and my wife knows it brings me happiness, my family can see it brings me happiness. So that's why I do it. I don't do it for a belt or, or a victory. I don't do it for the money even. I do it because It's what I was born and raised to do, and I'm just fulfilling a prophecy, and I'm fulfilling a dream, and I'm fulfilling destiny.
0: When you do eventually hang up your gloves, how would you like to be remembered in boxing?
1: No interest. None. When you're done, you're done. You're just another bare bum in the shower. That's it. No matter if you retire with 100 fights unbeaten, you're just another bare bum who was washed up and has been. That's it. Nothing more, nothing less. Easy come, easy go, easy on the radio.
0: Is that not a bit cynical to look at it like that, given how, much, you, how much you've put into the sport and how I much know, you love the you sport? When you
1: finished, you finished. doesn't matter. When you're done, you're not relevant anymore. No one's interested in a former champion or, a, or has been a champion. People are interested in active, current world champions or active, current entertainers. People are not really too bothered about former stuff. When you, when you are there, enjoy your five minutes in the sun or ten years in the sun, but don't groan about it when it's finished. Let somebody else have their time. And don't slate active champions when you're retired because you look foolish doing it. And it looks like you're jealous.
0: Are you talking about anyone in particular? No,
1: no one in particular. <laughs>
0: okay. Tyson Fury, thanks very much for speaking to Boxing Social. Uh, look forward to seeing you in action this weekend against Otto Wallin.
1: The pleasure was mine. And thank you very much for the interesting questions. Thanks.